0: Can a man be genuine friends with a woman he's attracted to? And can he ignore or transmute the pull of sexual polarity when it would otherwise threaten his relationship or simply his peace of mind? And can a relationship survive or even thrive when opposite sex friends are in the picture? Well, in this episode, I mine these questions for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. In this episode, I'm going to explore a very popular blog that I wrote a few years back actually by the same name as this podcast entitled why men can't be friends with women they're attracted to and some can that blog has been read by millions of people around the world and uh, it's proven pretty controversial over the years. So, in this episode, I'm going to revisit that and I will explore the four key aspects of a man's maturity that determine whether he can be friends with a woman or another man for that matter that he might otherwise be attracted to. And I'll also share an essential insight into how to make opposite sex friends work for your relationship, not against it. Definitely stay tuned for these four key aspects and to extra bonus insights at the end of this episode of men this way. And if you want to share feedback or just what this conversation inspires or stirs in you, you can email me directly at Brian at Brianreeves.com. It's Brian with a Y at Brianreeves.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, let's dive. Can a man be friends with a woman he's attracted to? Well, I'm a man, and I have lived this question thoroughly. The short, simple answer is yes. Yes, mature men can be legitimate, authentic friends with the women they're sexually attracted to. We can work respectfully alongside them. We can hang out with them, have lunch with them, talk sincere and impartial with them about their boyfriends and husbands, and do pretty much anything else we do with any other friend. Mature men can experience sexual attraction and still honor healthy boundaries with women. Mature men can do this. Mature men. On the other hand, adolescent boys and men perpetually stuck in adolescence, which can last a lifetime and does so for many men, they will have difficulty being honest friends with the women they're attracted to. Now, to be clear, this blog is not about a man's ability to shift from an intimate relationship to a friendly one with a woman. That's called a breakup, and that deserves different consideration. The question that I'm asking is, can a man be authentic friends with a woman he might otherwise desire to have sex with, but hasn't, and almost certainly won't, because either she isn't available, or maybe he himself isn't available due to already being in a committed relationship, Or, they're both available, but she just doesn't seem interested in sleeping with him. And note, I say doesn't seem interested because I'm pretty sure that men are biologically programmed to never give up hope no matter what a woman says or does. But this conversation is largely about men who, like an adolescent new to the sexual experience, haven't yet learned how to work with or move their sexual energy in healthy, constructive ways when among an Attractive women, men at the mercy of attractions which complicate interactions. And unfortunately, so many adult males are stuck in a perpetual adolescence, and some haven't even matured that far. Ever noticed similarities between so many of our political leaders and, a, let's say, a three year old toddler upset because he doesn't want to eat his broccoli? Now, to be clear, I am not anti-man. I am proud to be a man. I love being a man. I love men. This is not an indictment of men. Because certainly many grown men have learned how to be respectful human beings, as well as veritable, mature men in various aspects of their lives, such as career and fatherhood, even politics. But fewer of us ever really learn how to be mature men deeply connected to a healthy, vigorous masculine sexuality in relationship to a partner whose more receptive feminine essence makes her, or him, naturally sexually attractive. And when I say that most men are stuck in perpetual adolescence, what I'm pointing at is how our culture has forever fed us and still feeds us immature ideas about what it means to be a man. You know, real men win at all costs and make all the important rules. Real men make lots of money, have the most external success or the biggest dick in the room. They don't cry or feel emotions or show weakness. And they sleep with lots of women or give a woman great orgasms, etc. You know, recently, uh, a female friend of mine told me about a, a very bizarre encounter, um, and sadly all too familiar, that she had with a man who I believe is in his probably in his late 30s, maybe his early 40s. But this is a man who actually wrote a popular book on masculinity. And he's seen as a leader among men in the personal growth field. He's got a, his own popular podcast and everything. She met him at a party in Los Angeles And after talking with him for about 30 minutes or so, he said to her, if I didn't have a girlfriend, I would fuck you so hard you wouldn't be able to walk the next day. And to which she shared with me, her first thought was, number one, why would you say that to me if you have a girlfriend? And her second thought was like, I like walking. Why would you want to fuck me so hard that I can't walk anymore? (laughs) I mean, it sounds funny on the surface, but... It also points to to that part in many of us men that is so sexually ravenous, which, by the way, I think is a beautiful thing. But when we don't know how to work with that sexuality, we actually do end up just hurting women, thinking that we're pleasing them. When what we're really trying to do is make ourselves measure up to, to this immature masculine code of mastery and dominance, even if just over her sexual experience, all while failing to realize that we may actually be hurting her in the process. And these are the messages that we get throughout our formative years. As a result, most adult men are profoundly confused about what it means to be a healthy, mature men, even so-called leaders among men, whether they admit it or not. And of course, most men can't admit it because that would be a mature thing to do. And I was confused for 20 years throughout my 20s and 30s, but I never even knew it. So today I want to share with you these four aspects of masculine maturity or immaturity that affect whether a man can be honest friends with women they're sexually attracted to. And if you're in a relationship or have been that struggles with opposite sex friendships due to jealousy, misunderstanding, lack of boundaries, etc., I will address that at the end. So here we go. Number one, men have not learned how to be with their sexual energy without having to do something about it. Just like adolescent boys, most grown men in our culture don't have a clue how to simply be with the powerful masculine sexual energy coursing through our bodies. So it owns us. The basic story that culture taught me from birth is that I was born an uncontrollable, ravenous shark in a pool filled with tasty guppies, and I was then given two strong, conflicting directives. A, eating guppies is a measure of a man's worth, and B, try not to hurt any guppies. And then I was left on my own to unravel this dilemma while living inside this sexually charged body ready to pound the bottom out of a boat with every erection. But since men can't be vulnerable to work openly through the resulting confusion, we cope with the inner turmoil in countless ways, countless unhealthy ways. We sex it, money it, game it, work it, porn it, drug and alcohol it, TV it, shame it, deny it, or just anger it into oblivion. And by doing so, we live perpetually disoriented and sometimes a detriment to ourselves to the women we genuinely love, and also to those we don't. For most of my life, whenever confronted with intense sexual experiences in my body, I would usually choose the easiest of shame, sex, or masturbation as my main options for quickly dealing with it. No one ever taught me how to wield my sexual energy in intentional, respectful ways, how to direct it constructively, and I know that most men never learn this. And as long as a man is owned by his sexual energy, he remains stuck in sexual adolescence. Unfortunately, this kind of man is all too common in our world, which drives attractive, intelligent women. Like on Facebook, I have a a Facebook friend of mine that, that recently posted a very frustrated public denunciation about men. She wrote, quote, if a man has a penis, he wants to sleep with you, period. It doesn't matter how old he is, close, period. Oh, it's so hard to read that. Um, But I really understand where that comes from because only when a man matures and learns how to be intentional with his sexual energy and not slave to it, that is when he finally embodies the essence of uh, something that one of my favorite authors and teachers, Byron Katie wrote. She said, just because a man has an erection doesn't mean he has to do anything with it. Just because a man has an erection doesn't mean he has to do anything with it. That was revolutionary for me, that idea. That just because I have an erection doesn't mean I have to do anything with it. And until we men learn this, then yeah, our women essentially perceive us as we have a penis, which means we want to sleep with you, period. doesn't matter how old we are or where we're at in our relation to you. But those words... The, just because a man has an erection doesn't mean he has to do anything with it. Byron Katie's words changed so much for me because it reminded me that I have permission and even not just permission, but that there's a practice. There's an a, a ability that I have a capacity to just allow sexual energy to inhabit my body without having to do anything about it one way or another. And once a man learns this, then he can be friends with an attractive woman if he chooses to. And I actually write about a practice that you can do. uh, It's on my blog. The the title of the article is called Breathing into Untimely Sexual Energy for a simple practice to work with this. You can find it on my blog at brianreeves.com. And I'll actually, I'll also put that in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast. Number two. Men don't know the difference between authentic love, romantic love, and sexual energy. In his book, Intimate Communion, the author David Data talks about the three separate elements of an intimate experience, love, romance, and polarity, or sexual energy. Like adolescent teens confused about the rich new experiences happening in our bodies, most men still confuse sexual polarity with romantic love or even authentic love with such an immature man you can trace the entire path from lust to love along the contours of a woman's aerodynamic ass such lust love thoughts once tempted me all the time in the presence of attractive women They would even insist, those thoughts would insist, that I could actually love the woman attached to those long legs walking by, even though I knew nothing about her. But such thoughts are just mental leakage from my lizard brain, and fortunately, I've learned not to trust them anymore. Having lived many years in a man's body, I can tell you it is fascinating to have witnessed my own experience of what felt like love for a woman essentially vanish in the afterglow of a powerful orgasm. It's astonishing and disturbing just how quick sex can switch the male mind from the ocean-deep loving setting to the kiddie-pool shallow setting. And every guy who's had sex with someone that he wasn't already in love with in some way has almost certainly experienced this bizarre (laughs) phenomenon. And this phenomenon is responsible for how urgent, flash-in-the-pan sex, when you first meet someone, can routinely cause short-lasting, flash-in-the-pan relationship. Because when two people don't give themselves breathing space, time, to discern what's really going on between them, they can't easily see that more often than not, it's only everyday sexual polarity at play, not genuine romantic love. And while genuine genuine romantic love is fairly elusive, men can experience sexual polarity with different women every single day. Polarity attraction just happens constantly in the grocery store, in a yoga class, just driving down the freeway uh, with someone in the car next to you, at the DMV um indeed in our cars at a bar on a plane in a rocket ship to the stars i mean everywhere we're like polarized magnets walking around bumping into each other everywhere of course we're going to feel the pull but that doesn't mean we have to act on it and sadly many immature men intentionally use this polarity love confusion to manipulate women into sex and such 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 behavior is what helps confuse the trust right out of women. For us to become mature men, we must learn to distinguish this sexual polarity energy from both romantic love and that deeper authentic love. We must stop manipulating women into false romances fueled only by sexual desire. And we must gain some level of mastery around how we ultimately wield that sexual energy. Otherwise, it will own us, And it will prevent us from experiencing the the deep riches of potentially great friendships. Number three, most men do not fully respect the boundaries set by women because they do not fully respect women. Adolescent boys and aging toddlers clearly still make up most of culture's rules. So we still don't fully respect most women or simply feminine ways of being. We place such high value on immature masculine expressions of competition, rational thinking, control and domination, achievement for achievement's sake, etc. We place far less value on the feminine gifts of consensus building, intuition, heart-centered thinking, holistic well-being, beauty for its own sake and not for the purpose of exploitation, as well as the wisdom and feelings and emotions and real vulnerability, not the calculated kind that you post on Instagram or Facebook just to get more followers. This bias is so fundamental to our world that I don't even need to offer examples to convince you. Just think politics, business, military, and war spending, money-driven popular entertainment, you know, billionaire sports athletes, Next to broke school teachers, all our paternalistic religions that are in many ways, um, uh, deeply dismissive of, of the woman's voice and on and on and on until we men fully honor and understand that feminine wisdom is as essential as masculine wisdom to the healthy functioning of the world. We will not be able to fully respect the boundaries of our hot female friends We will continue exploiting weaknesses in their defense, whether with subtle manipulation or actual violence. Number four, men don't know how to be authentically vulnerable. Most men don't know how to be with awkward feelings and experiences without having to do something manly about them. We believe we are supposed to act on our feelings Even if that means forcibly suppressing or drowning them in addictions, we're compelled to take whatever action will get us most quickly away from our discomfort. That's why we often hate it when a woman cries. We don't know a middle way. We don't know how to simply be with awkward truths, nor do we know how to express them without playing for an outcome. Because so much of our worth is often tied to a woman's approval, which begins with mom, Being vulnerable is particularly difficult in relationship to women. Our fragile adolescent egos can't risk feminine rejection of our authentic inner worlds. So we'll be vulnerable and tell a woman how we feel, but we'll often do our best to control the scenario, to control what we share, so that we either get what we want in the end or keep them just far enough away that they can't really reject us, which is how adolescent boys behave. It's hard to create genuine friendships without being genuinely vulnerable, even with other men. I recently spent a week in Norway helping lead a men's retreat for 27 men at the beginning of the retreat when we were all sharing why we were there. One man confessed with frustration and confusion in his voice that he had no idea what the word brother means. He'd heard it thrown around so often with No understanding why men use it so much. What makes anyone think he's their brother after all? He doesn't know them. They don't know him. But at the end of the week, after time spent in deep communion with 26 other men, growing together and challenging each other, learning and laughing together, sharing our sadnesses and our traumas and doing deep, profound work while also having immense fun in the mountains of Norway together, this same man, shared on the last day that he finally understood what the word brother means. He said it means, you know how I feel. I was blown away by this. I, I thought it was one of the most beautiful definitions of the word brother I'd ever heard. You know how I feel. And by the way, if you want to learn more about that retreat or attend the next one, uh, go to brianreeves.com norway. BrianReeves.com slash Norway. And again, all of this will be in the show notes at BrianReeves.com slash Way podcast. Of course, as a man, you can only know how I feel if I really let you in to know how I feel. Not just what I think. Any man can share his thoughts, and we often do. But to share what a man really feels from his confusion, his sadness, his anger, or rage, or even his despair, to his gratitude, and to his deep care and real concerns, that vulnerability is what is required among men for us to truly feel like brothers. That level of vulnerability, while not always necessary for a friendship, but to have a real friendship, particularly with someone a man might otherwise be attracted to, I mean, at the very least, he's got to be able to be vulnerable with himself to be honest and transparent with himself to that degree so that he knows what is really going on for him inside his own body, his own mind, his own heart, his own balls, so that he can make choices and decisions that serve not only his short-sighted self-concern or drive for momentary pleasure, but that serve the greater good, including the people around him and whoever he's choosing to befriend. That's the real benefit of being able to be authentically vulnerable. You create deep trust with others, which is an essential foundation for any relationship, whether intimate or friendly. So those are the four essential aspects of masculine maturity that predict whether a man can be friends with a woman he's attracted to. Uh, Again, a quick summary. Number one, has he learned how to be with his sexual energy without having to do something about it? Number two, Does he know the difference between authentic love, romantic love, and sexual energy or polarity, or at least just the difference between polarity, sexual polarity, and everything else that goes into determining whether something should be acted upon or simply left to pass harmlessly by like a, like a cloud drifting across the sky. Does he know the difference? Number three, does he know how to fully respect the boundaries set by others? Which includes, by the way, sensitivity to the boundaries that, that let's just say again in a kind of a heterosexual context, uh, the boundaries that her body is communicating. Like stiffness or a turning away in her nonverbal cues. Because many women still don't feel safe to say no verbally. Many women still live inside of the story that if they say no, they could be potentially abused. And they could. So, um. Learning how to respect, does he know how to respect the boundaries, not just that she speaks with her mouth, but that her body is clearly communicating. That's number three. And number four, does he know how to be authentically vulnerable, not just social media vulnerable? So those are the four essential aspects of have kind of a masculine maturity that determine whether a man can be friends with a woman he's attracted to or not. And if you think I missed something, uh, definitely please write to me, let me know. But finally, I want to say something about opposite-sex friendships in the context of relationship. Uh, If those have been a challenge for you in relationship, I'd like to offer some some wisdom and insight around that. Because I'm personally a big proponent of opposite-sex friends. Some of my best friendships are still... With women. And I also grew up with three sisters. So uh, having women in my life that aren't just my intimate partner is very important to me. And I also, though, have the benefit of learning early on how not to sexualize women through my sisters. I've seen that for men who didn't have sisters, it can sometimes be more difficult to relate to women in non-sexual ways. Clearly, not every man uh, who didn't have sisters has this challenge. Of course not. But it's just something that I've noted and something to be aware of that, that could be more challenging in terms of creating understanding. Actually, for a lot of my life, I had, I had the opposite problem. I was immediately able to be friends with women. You know, I, I, was, I put myself straight into the friend zone because it was so familiar. And there I often struggled in shifting a new encounter into lover energy. That was so unfamiliar for me. And I think honestly, in many ways though, that also saved me from wreaking probably more havoc with women than I probably actually did. So I'm actually kind of grateful that that was the shape of my challenge. But anyway, um, here's two key insights for navigating this to make opposite sex relationships work for your relationship not against it. Here's number one: Your friendships must never come before your partner. If you're choosing to be an intimate relationship with someone, you're essentially choosing to create a two-person team. And I, I you know, open relationships are outside the scope of this exploration. Although I think, uh, you know, open and polyamorous relationships, although it's just the same, these considerations probably apply in some way, though it's maybe with a little more complexity, but. I just wanna put those to the side right now. So if you're choosing to be in an intimate relationship with someone, you're essentially choosing to create a two-person team that is intended to make you stronger in the world, to make your life experiences richer and and to further protect you from potential outside threats that could otherwise wreak havoc in your life, whether that be addictions or people that just aren't healthy for you, Right, to help you kind of grow and work through blind spots so that you have a better life, you've got to put your partnership first above all things. If you're not prepared to do that, and it can be uncomfortable, in fact, it sure was for me because you know, I had been single for six years before I met Sylvie, and I was so accustomed to a wide ranging freedom to do whatever the hell I wanted that it wasn't easy to just start factoring in her desires and sensitivities to my choices when we first started dating. But if you're not really ready to at least take on the challenge of of putting your partner's needs first, at least beyond the needs of your friends, then you might not be ready for a real relationship. Now, it could also be that you're not with someone who's compatible with the way that you want to live your life. And and I'll come back to that in a second. Because actually, before I I expound on that, I want to talk about the second insight, which is you must learn how to make your partner feel safe as you engage your friendships. Now, Some partners won't have any concerns with opposite-sex friendships. It might just not be uh, an area of sensitivity for them at all. Maybe, again, speaking heterosexually, maybe a woman grew up with 20 brothers. (laughs) So, you know, she's so comfortable with uh, being around the opposite sex that she assumes, well, it must not be a thing for you either. So there's no insecurity or, or worry to project. Onto you, under your experience, and therefore she's comfortable with you having uh, women around you that aren't her. However, I find many women do have at least some concerns or anxieties around opposite sex friendships. Maybe they've been betrayed by women in some way, or they haven't just haven't learned to really feel safe around other women. Maybe they've been betrayed by past male partners. Or they just experience normal human jealousy and it still gets the best of them at times. Whatever the case may be, you've got to figure out how to help your partner feel safe with your friendships. That might include making sure she's invited to every interaction with a female friend until your partner has developed enough trust of the friendship and, and learn to feel safe with the other woman, feel safe that that boundaries will be respected, that your relationship is being honored by the friendship, and that nothing is going to happen that your partner doesn't want to happen if she isn't around. And you've got to decide how far to take this. Uh, This can definitely get messy, but if you're with someone who just refuses to wrap her head around you having friendships with other women, who refuses to lean into her discomfort as you work to help her feel safe, and consider you two just might not be compatible to create a beautiful relationship together. You might simply have different ideas about how you want to live your lives and experience friendships. Or just one of you are, isn't really willing to do the uncomfortable work it takes to expand your comfort zone. And so it might be torture for you two to stay together. I know I wouldn't have given up my friendships with the women who were already important in my life when I met Sylvie. And fortunately... She didn't ask me to, but I also made all kinds of effort. And so did the women who were my friends to ensure Sylvie that these relationships were no threat to our intimate relationship. And that has made all the difference. So again, these two key insights are number one, your friendships must never come before your partner. And number two, you must learn how to make your partner feel safe as you engage those friendships. And of course, your partner must be willing to lean into her own discomfort as you work to help her feel safe. And by the way, this all of course goes the other way too. If she has friendships that make you feel uncomfortable, she still needs to be able to put you first and to work with you to help you feel safe as she engages those friendships. Sylvie and I are also clear that if there's a friend in the picture who doesn't clearly respect our relationship, they don't stay in the picture. They are not welcome. Nobody is welcome in our lives who doesn't honor our relationship. So I hope that's helpful. And, um, you know, I concluded this blog when I wrote it a few years ago with a little visioning exercise. And I want to conclude with that here. I want to invite you to imagine a world... Where men can differentiate between sexual energy, romance, and love. Where we men can acknowledge what is happening for us openly, without shame, to the women in our world who can then appreciate that and not shame us for our honesty. Imagine a world where we men can breathe into our sexual energy and simply enjoy our erections without always having to do something with them. Imagine a world where we men fully respect women and the wisdom they offer. Imagine a world where we men can be vulnerable with our deepest truths, our joys, and our sorrows, and we can easily share them with women and with other men without manipulating for an outcome in the sharing. Indeed, imagine a world where we men fully accept our role in helping our intimate partners feel safe even as we continue to engage our pursuits, including beautiful friendships with both men and women that enrich our lives. Wouldn't the men in such a world make for incredible friends to women? Not to mention spine-tingling intimate partners too. Thank you so much for listening. Find the link to the original blog and the other blog I mentioned about the breathing into untimely sexual energy and, uh, the, um, the retreat, the Norway retreat and any other men's retreats. Find all those links in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash this way podcast. Also, if you want to learn more about the joys and delights of masculine feminine intimacy, how to do this dance really well, learn all of the, the, the secrets that should never be secrets to creating a truly exquisite intimate dance with another, I invite you to download my Love, Sex, Relationship Magic audio program at lovemagicprogram.com. You can get fifty percent off using code... Men This Way. This is exclusive for podcast listeners. Get 15% off using code MENTHISWAY at lovemagicprogram.com. A uh, man named John, I wanted to share with you something that uh, a man named John said one of my favorite things ever about the Love Sex Relationship Magic Program. He said, Your program has stirred and awoken a deep admiration for the feminine in me. I am almost looking forward to the next time my wife rages at me for some oversight and dizzyingly ties it to a million events of the past. I recoiled at this before. It terrified me. But now I want to rise to the challenge and love her and be strong with her during her next storm. You have a gift. Your words penetrate. John C. said that about love-sex-relationship magic. Ah, finally, if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review on your favorite podcast app so that you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed and your thoughts inspired.